0: during this Easter season that we're observing, all the way up until Pentecost, we have the marvelous opportunity to reflect upon what we celebrated and commemorated last week on Good Friday, the death of Jesus on the cross, and what we're celebrating now, Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We've heard... About it before. We've gone through Good Fridays and Easter's before, over and over again. It's cyclical, isn't it? But at the same time, we do this for a reason so that we recognize the beauty and the benefit of our faith, and that we see in a singular way and that ever deepens in our hearts that Jesus Christ is is Lord, Lord of heaven and earth. And there is no other way, there is no other one to salvation and eternal life than Jesus Christ himself. Knowing it is very good, but believing it and practicing it in our lives, ah, there is where we may need That reminder, that remembrance, that participation in the mystery of his death and resurrection over and over again, where that cycle becomes beneficial and not a boring burden. Let's take a look at St. Thomas to help us to see the wisdom of what I just shared with you and the wisdom, therefore, that the church is sharing with us today. I love the figure of St. Thomas. I didn't used to like him because I thought he was the bad disciple. In fact, when I was growing up and, and going to school, I think that um, maybe some of my religious sisters, and they're, they're wonderful, they're wonderful, but I think some of my religious sisters who were teachers kind of had it out for Thomas. Don't be like Thomas, they would say. Okay, they, they had a point. But, but here's what St. Thomas does for us. When he doubted the risen Jesus, where was he that, that day? When he doubted the risen Jesus, where was he? He was outside of the community. Okay, now, here's a colloquial. He didn't go to church that Sunday, okay? But, but he was, right? He was, outside of the, he was outside of the community. And when he doubted, it's because, at least in some part, he didn't have the support, and he didn't have the strength of the community, of the, of the Christian community, the community that we are going to call the church. He was outside of it. All right, number one. Number two, what I want you to think about now is, is the first reading. I'll kind of bounce between the gospel and the first reading, but I want to think you to think about that first reading. And what was going on from the earliest time of our church after the gift of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost? What did the apostles do? They dedicated themselves to prayer. They dedicated themselves to the Word of God. They dedicated themselves to the breaking of the bread, hint, the Eucharist. And they dedicated themselves to service, like Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. They they dedicated themselves to service, especially of the poor. From the very beginning, the very start of our church, this was the practice of those who were a part of the church and what the church embraced. Remember, Thomas was outside of the church at least the time when Jesus appeared the first time. And he didn't practice, if you will, what we heard in the Acts of the Apostles that I just shared with you. This is how, this is how our faith life is nurtured and supported and how it grows. This practice that the the apostles established at the very beginning is the practice that is a part of the church today. And if we absent ourselves from some or, or, or all of it, then our faith begins to weaken, or our faith begins to kind of stall out, and, and, and we don't grow. And we wonder, at least we can, where is God in my life right now, or I might as well give up because the, the problems and the issues of life are so big and so great that not even God can take care of them or address them. This is what happens when we absent ourselves from the faith community and the practice of the faith, as we here in the Acts of the Apostles, okay? That's number two, Thomas outside the church, number two, what we do to be close to and to stay in touch with Jesus. Okay, number three, number three. I've got to say, as far as what we're talking about today, this is my favorite because I love talking about this. So when I've been going on for 15 minutes, you just raise your hand, okay? All right. So number three, Thomas is present with the disciples, with the apostles, when Jesus appeared again. Jesus knew all about it, right? He can read minds and hearts, so he knew all about it. So he goes up to Thomas and he says, Here, Thomas, see my wounds. See my, my hands. See the wound in my side. See the wounds in my feet. If you want a really good artistic rendition of what we're just talking about, Google Caravaggio. Love that artist. He was a little weird, but he was a great artist. Caravaggio. He'll show you a beautiful rendition of what we're talking about today. Okay, so Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, shows him his wounds, and he says, probe them. Put your finger here. I can prove it to you. Put your fingers right here. And as Thomas saw the risen Lord, did you hear, did you hear that beautiful profession of faith that he made? My Lord and my God. If you want to say that after you say amen when you go to communion, feel free to do that. It's not a requirement. My Lord and my God. That's what he said. And it was beautiful. Okay, so now, when do we get to probe and see, when do we get to see and hear and probe the wounds of Jesus Christ? When do we get that to see that? It's right up here on the altar. When the bread is brought forward today, I will consecrate it by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I will show it to you. Here is the Christ. Here are His wounds. See them, and hear the voice of the Lord speaking to you through them. When I consecrate the wine, which becomes the precious blood, and I will elevate it, I will show it to you See that, look through in your imagination through the the metal and see the precious blood of our Lord in that chalice. There is the cross and the blood of Christ that was poured out for you and me. Every time we come here, we probe the wounds of Jesus Christ. We see the crucified Lord here with us we hear his voice and ri- witness his glory as he is present in his resurrection. My friends, that Doubting Thomas scene happens every time that we're here at Mass. That's why my favorite part to talk to you about it. It happens here. But you know what? Here's the thing. And it's true. It's not some kind of a, a cheap saying for you, but, but it's true We do have to see beyond the material. You're going to look up and say, well, that just looks like bread, or that looks like wine, or it smells like it. We do have to see beyond the material in order to find the truth. And that's where it calls for faith. Faith binds us to God, and it takes us beyond the material world that we see. And it takes us to the truth. It's not just some fake thing. But it takes us beyond the material world that we see. Thomas was relating to the material world at first. I don't believe he rose from the dead. But then when Jesus showed himself to Thomas, then he went beyond even what he saw in Christ because he believed in him. That's what this Sunday tells us about. The necessity of our community Don't absent yourself from the community. And number three, we always see the crucified and risen Lord right here. And you touch him. You touch him. You touch his wounds. When you come forward with your hands made like a throne, and you bow before your Lord and Savior, And you say, amen, when the minister says, the body of Christ. You receive him, amen, body and blood, soul and divinity. You touch him with your hands or your tongue when you consume then the precious body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus that has been given to you. It's Easter every Sunday. It's Easter every time. We are here. Thank you, thank you, good old doubting St. Thomas, for the lessons that you show us today as your doubting turned to faith leads us to Christ.